Hey, Basia, would you welcome us in? Shalom Aleichem, Malachi HaSharet, Malachi, Malachi Elyon, Bimelech, Malachi HaMlachim, HaKadosh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shalom, Malachi Hashalom, Malachi, Malachi Welcome to Hanukkah, Fai. Hanukkah, Fai. Uh, did I mispronounce it, Basia? Yes, it's not Hanukkah, Fai. It's Hanukkah, Fai. It's just the emphasis. Yeah, yeah. Well, this seems to be a running theme on our show, is how to pronounce the name <laughs> of the show. <laughs> Anyways, this week is Hanukkah, and by the time you're listening to this, it's probably already here, so we want to say happy Hanukkah, everyone. Happy Hanukkah to you, too. Happy Hanukkah to you, too. <laughs> We hope it's a beautiful one. Uh, Vasya, what's your favorite part of Hanukkah? Um, I think the unbridled consumption of latka after latka after latka. <laughs> Fried food. Fried latkes, just like sour cream latkes, applesauce latkes, like just all that. And uh, what about you? Uh, it's just the pretty lights. I just really like the pretty lights. Um, the lights of the menorah? Yeah, I, I lived in Jerusalem for a few years, and when you walk down the street, from every doorway, from every window, um, you're just surrounded by light. That sounds beautiful. Right. Well, uh, I'm Rabbi Scott Perlow. On the other end um, is my partner in crime. Chazan Basi Shechter. We are Roman with Brooklyn together with all of you, and uh, welcome to Shabbatify. Uh, our first up is a track that you shared with me, uh, a version of Mao's Sur, which is a very old poem. It's sung um, most Hanukkahs that I'd never heard this melody before. It's um, a version by Nahora Vahadas, um, a duo from Israel, and they actually collaborate a few with a few more musicians on this one. And um, it's a Breslov version of Maus Sur. We sang it for Shalom Aleichem, um, just to give you a little entry. And this is one of my favorite new Hanukkah tracks, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Truly amazing. Nahora Vahadas, Maos Tsur Yeshuati. Thank you. 
I really love that track. I think that's going to stay with me for years, Basia. I I think it should stay with you for years. Now that we have Spotify and all these other technologies, we can listen to it whenever we want. That's true. So uh, I want to, this is a story that I heard years ago, and um, I wish that I could remember the provenance of it, but it was about an Israeli rabbi, I think chief rabbi of one of the cities, who lived, interestingly, above a movie theater. And every Hanukkah, what this chief rabbi would do would be to keep the Hanukkah burning in the window or outside the door until the late, late, late show. This was like in the 70s. So, right, you know, so like all you did was go to the movie theater and um, there wasn't like TV everywhere in Israel. So people went and the late shows would go late into the morning and he would make sure to keep the Hanukkah burning, which took a lot of olive oil from my understanding, all the way until the last show was over. And none of the people who went to these movie theaters were religious at all. They were all secular Israelis. But nonetheless, this rabbi felt like it was incumbent upon him to make sure that the light burned for everyone. And it's because of one idea that comes out of the Torah teaching, out of the halakha, the Jewish law for Hanukkah, which is that when it comes to the miracle, you have to make the miracle known. You have to publicize the miracle, pursue Nisa. You have to give the miracle good marketing. Um, and that's why the Hanukkah is either put in the window or next to the door so that everyone should see the light and know of the miracle that happened in that time, in that place. I love that. I love that. I think no, now, um, you know, we don't have the like the gatherings that we usually have where, you know, hundreds of people gather around lighting the Chabad menorah in Prospect Park and, you know, all these different things during a pandemic. It's like, you know, it's for the most part, we can't have these huge public displays, but we still have like, I think, you know, they had pandemics all through the last thousands and thousands of years. So I think we still walk by other people's windows. We still pass other people's doors and we still get inspired by seeing those lights, by seeing people, you know, celebrate and honor and remember the the messages of the holidays. It's true. Uh, the the Hanukkah is pandemic proof. <laughs> and one of the things to know is that actually Rashi talks about this, is that the miracle of Hanukkah isn't just for the Jews, it's for everyone. And so that's why this next track is something special. This is the Indigo Girls playing a version of a Hanukkah song that was written, if you can believe it, by woody guthrie and when we get to it we'll make sure to tell you after we're done playing it we'll tell you the provenance of this amazing hanukkah track so here it is happy joyous hanukkah by the indigo girls How many nights for Hanukkah? Happy, joyous Hanukkah. Nights and days, days and nights. Happy, joyous Hanukkah. Eight of the nights of Hanukkah. Happy, joyous Hanukkah. Eight of the days and eight of the nights. Happy, joyous Hanukkah. How many candles do I light? Happy, joyous Hanukkah. Eight of the candles you should light. Happy, joyous Hanukkah. Eight of the nights of Hanukkah. Joyous Hanukkah, eight of the days and eight of the nights. Happy, joyous Hanukkah. One for the Moses on the mount. Happy, joyous Hanukkah. 
Four for the Hebrew children Three for the books that Ezra taught Two for the father and mother love And one for the Moses on the mound Eight of the nights of Hanukkah Happy, joyous Hanukkah Eight of the days and eight of the nights Happy, joyous Hanukkah So that was the Indigo Girls singing Woody Guthrie's Happy, Joyous Hanukkah. Now there's a story behind this one, Basia. Um, Woody Guthrie... In the 40s, his second wife was Jewish. And so he was married to this woman. He had a very, like, also a deep relationship, like sort of an, a meeting of the minds with her mother, who was a Yiddish poet uh, by the name of uh, Eliza Greenblatt. And he and his wife, Marjorie, had four kids together, including Arlo, which is to say that Woody Guthrie raised Jewish kids. And he wrote this Hanukkah album, never being Jewish himself, but as a result of the experience with his wife and of um, learning with his mother-in-law. That's incredible. And I think what it brings to mind for me, at least, is the idea that Rabbi Zalman Shekta Shalomi spoke about called Ger Toshav, which is a resident, um, a resident stranger. So it's kind of like a paradox. A stranger who lives with you. Yeah, a stranger who mm-hmm. lives with you. And it's, it's, it's the idea that... Um, there's a, the idea of conversion, and then you have to go through a whole process um, that takes years. But a ger toshav doesn't require that kind of thing. It just happens organically through, often through either interest in Jewish culture or by marrying a Jew and not going through a conversion process. And 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 this is at the same time that people were really worried that we would lose a large a large number of the Jewish population to intermarriage. Shekhtar Shalomi was saying, wait a second, there's also another way to look at it that these people who are intermarrying in some ways give a new perspective to the Jews who often are not as interested in their own culture, and which is how they ended up um, looking outside their culture to find partners. So it gives them a new perspective and a new way of looking at their own culture because of their partner's interest. So, and, 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 and it ends up, and it ends up bringing up, they end up bringing kids that have, have a connection. You know, one of the ways we can think of these people is as fellow travelers. These are people who marry Jews, but are not planning on becoming Jewish themselves. But the thing, and in all my years of doing this, and I've seen hundreds, hundreds of of people in this place, is there's something about the way that they look at Jewish life and Jewish practice with fresh eyes from the outside that actually renews the interest of people on the inside. Sometimes you need that outside gaze to really see for the first time what you have yourself. And it's actually been amazing to me by the way these fellow travelers, these Ger Toshav, have actually revitalized Jewish life for a lot of people. I think my son seeing um, Santa Claus with fresh eyes this year in school. 
<laughs> I have no idea what to say about this. <laughs> yeah, he's doing these incredible arts and crafts. and I know, but I'm just trying to keep my kid away from Santa for as long as I possibly can. I know what's coming. Um, let's, to that end, let's, let's sing a song about people who are Jewish. So uh, <laughs> you're going to, this, this is, this one is nuts. This is Neil Diamond covering Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song, the, uh, and, and actually sort of out-rocking Adam Sandler. It, it's an amazing version. I can't wait. Please, please. Here we go. There are so many beautiful Christmas songs around and so few Hanukkah songs. So I thought we'd try this one for you. Here comes Hanukkah So much Hanukkah To celebrate Hanukkah Yeah Hanukkah is A festival of lights Instead of one day of presents We have a crazy night When you feel like the only kid in town Without a Christmas tree Here's a list of people who are Jewish Just like you and me David Lee Roth Lights the menorah So do James Conker Douglas And the late Dinah Shora Guess who eats together At the Carnegie Deli Bowser from Shanana And Arthur Fonzarelli Paul Newman's half-Jewish Goldie Hawn is too Put them both together What a fine-looking Jew You don't have to deck the halls With Jingle Bell Rock Cause you can spin a dreidel With Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock Both Jewish Put on your yarmulke Here comes Hanukkah So much Hanukkah To celebrate Simpson, not a Jew, but guess who is Hall of Famer Rod Carew? We got Ann Landers and her sister, dear Abby. Harrison Ford's a quarter Jewish, not too shabby. Some people think that Ebenezer Scrooge is, well, he's not, but guess who is? So many Jews are on my list Tom Cruise isn't, but Jesus Christ is Put on your yarmulke, here comes Hanukkah So much Hanukkah to celebrate Hanukkah Festival of Lights Instead of one day of presents We have a crazy night So tell your friend Veronica It's time to celebrate Hanukkah And don't forget a harmonica On this lovely, lovely Hanukkah Just drink your gin and tonica Don't smoke your Wow, that was surprisingly amazing. You think so? I think there was something amazing about it. I think the fact that Neil Diamond was a rocker and like covered Neil <laughs> Adam Sandler's songs is amazing. Yeah. I'm not sure. It spoke to me. It's, I'm not sure as a song. That I'm like, I mean, I definitely can hang with it once a year. 
<laughs> a lot of Hanukkah music you can hang with once here. So I, I want to go back to this idea of like making the miracle public, right? Showing the miracle to everyone for Sumei Nisa. And, um, you know, because we talked about this whole movie theater thing. Yes. Light shining in the darkness for everyone to see. Basia, for you, what's the miracle of Hanukkah? Oh, wow. Um, I think the miracle of Hanukkah is partially that they lit the menorah the first day at all, that they had enough energy to say, like, we're going to light this menorah despite the destruction, despite the total annihilation that just they just all experienced. And they said, we have enough faith and optimism to light this candle. And then it lit and then it lasted for seven more days. So I think like something that relates to this time period is like we have maybe energy for just one more day. One more, one more, one more meeting. <laughs> one more, one more, you know, um one more night that we put our kids to sleep and cook all those meals and and then for some reason that last that keeps us going for another seven and then that cycle begins again and that cycle begins again so i think the miracle is in the in the face of darkness to keep lighting the candle i mean beautiful you know i think that it's true that human beings sometimes each of us sometimes gives uh, in to the temptation to cur curse the darkness rather than uh, striking a match, um, you know, and, and making light. Maybe we just are afraid of what it means to start over again. What it mean? Maybe we're, we don't have the, we're not sure that it's even possible to put the pieces back together um, after things have broken. Mm. Um, I think it took a lot. I think it took a lot for the Maccabees to stand up there you know, after all of the desecration and basically was sort of a religious civil war, you know, it was messy. It was all messy. Um, but they did it. Yeah. And it lit. And that's a hell of a thing. So for that, everyone, we're going to um, actually this one's speaking of which, speaking of uh, having the courage to uh, to light again. This is one of yours, Basia. This is no. Basia Tecker and Pharaoh's daughter. <laughs> All right, there we are.
A special treat this week, Romumu Brooklyn member Dina Lipkin letting us know what's in her Hanukkah pot. Let's give her a call. Hello? Hi, Dina. Oh, good. Hi. Hi, it's Rabbi Scott and Chazan Vasya. How are you? I'm good, thanks. So you're the perfect person to call for this because... We understand you both have a great latke recipe. And also we were just talking about um, like Jewish people um, who are also connected to non-Jewish heritages and the way that those interact with each other in a beautiful way. Um, so uh, I know you've got a story about that too. I, I do. I do. I, um, <laughs> my, my love of latkes is really, I think, comes from, um, I think I'm, genetically wired to love potatoes because I'm half Irish and half Russian. Bossy is cracking up on uh, the screen by the way. She's like literally dying on the other side. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) And I, um, my, my mom who is Irish and a Jew by choice, um, literally loves all things potato. And I have an inherited this extreme experience. So of course, Hanukkah and latkes are like really super special to me. What What's it like having double potato genetics? Like potato, like uh, potato, potato. It, there's, there's literally, there's not a potato on it. I would not eat. You literally. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Do you want to share your uh, your mom's laka recipe with us? I would love to. So my mom's laka recipe, um, my mom has been working her magic, um, in <laughs> learning how to make all kinds of, um, I'll call them like Jewish style or Jewish foods. And um, so a lot of her recipes that she's mastered have really been like, of her own doing. Some of them are not so complicated. Some of them are definitely more complex. Lakas are pretty easy. Um, in fact, uh, you know, just a couple of ingredients and, and the magic is all in the, in the oil and frying. Um, so it's about six potatoes that you grate in a food processor, preferably. And, um, and then maybe one or two onions, depending on how big they are, like a 
one big onion is probably enough, and two eggs. So you grate the onion and you grate the potato. You squeeze out any extra fluid that comes out of it. Um, you use a cheesecloth or a dishcloth or paper towel, and then you add the egg, um, a little about maybe a tablespoon of flour, and um, a teaspoon of salt, maybe a half a teaspoon of pepper if you don't mind a little bit of, you know, spice, and um, and then you quickly uh, heat up your oil. So heat up your pan first, and then add like a vegetable oil, like canola or something. Is canola your preferred? I know that some people use, Mm -hmm. is canola your preferred oil for this? Um, I always do something that has like a high smoking point, but Mm -hmm. like a vegetable oil, like olive oil has a really low smoking point. So frying, it could get a little smoky, not so, such a good idea. It's it's a good tip anyways. Olive oil is not great for high heat cooking, as wonderful it is in in other settings. So so good point. Absolutely. Maybe a quick saute, but not definitely not frying. Um, I am not a deep fryer type of person. So and I think like Hanukkah is probably the only time of year that we fry. I probably would say the same about my mom's house. Um, so like maybe like a half an inch across the bottom of a frying pan as it starts like crackling, you throw in little like patty versions or clumps of latkes, depending on as a latke mixture, as long depending on how big you like them. If you want to get them really crispy, um, sometimes giant ones are a little hard to get all the way cooked all the way through before mm-hmm. they start burning. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna wait till you see like kind of bubbles around the sides, and you know that they're starting to get brown. You want to take a peek, and when they're in that nice, not quite dark brown, but like golden brown. You flip them another probably minute, maybe or two, depending. You want your heat to be high enough to keep the oil hot, but not so high that it's like boiling and spattering everywhere. And then you start putting them on a plate, maybe lined with some paper towel. If um, and hopefully uh, you might need to cover them. At least in our house, we have to before people start eating them before they even make it to the table. Um, and and that's really how simple it is. Um, you can always add, if you have still a lot of uh, fluid, but not any more of the grated material, you can always do another potato or onion or two if you want to, to make more. Um, I come from a really big family, so we make a lot. I mean, I, I can't even imagine. Probably there's easily like 50 latkes made wow. on a given wow. night. Um, and there's never a single one left. Amazing. Is but there anything confused. Irish in the latka? Is there any like Irish influence? On the- potatoes. Potatoes. Yeah, I know. Oh, well, the only um, seasoning that <laughs> that is really systematically Irish. There's really no uh, salt like, <laughs> seasoning. It's like salt. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and then your kitchen remembers that you cook latkes for a week or two afterwards, right? I'm sorry, what? Then your oh, kitchen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Although I do have a sneaky way of getting the smell of latkes out of your kitchen, besides actually using the vent when you're supposed to. Tell us. Is you can take um, lemons, or even like lemons you've already squeezed, and put them in a, either a bowl of water in the microwave or a, in a pot on the stovetop and turn it on and heat them up for like five minutes um, and let it boil and it kind of cuts that greasy fried smell. Unfortunately, I think your clothes probably have to get washed before they smell better. But um, but yeah, it definitely helps with the smell of grease. Well, I think you've just, I think you just fixed the thing I like least about latkes, which is the way it smells afterwards in the kitchen. That's amazing. What a great tip. Yeah, it's, it's like, a, I don't know. I can't even tell you who I got that from, but it definitely works. And some people like that smell to go on for as long as it can, you know, but I'd like to. I'm not one of those people. (laughs) Basia, are you one of those people? I like the smell of that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Dina, one last question for you. Uh, If you had to rate them, which one do you rate more highly? Hash browns or latkes? Oh my God, latkes. All right. Absolutely latkes. No, hands down. With sour cream. 
Love it. Everyone, this is Dina Lipkin, Romu Brooklyn member, um, giving us the, um, the straight from the source uh, information on potatoes. Thank you. Happy Hanukkah, Dina. Happy Hanukkah, Dina. I'm 11 years old. Because Hanukkah is also a children's holiday, my father gives me as Hanukkah girl the privilege to narrate the Hanukkah party, the feast of dedication. Hanukkah, known also as the Feast of Lights, commemorates the victory of Judas the Maccabee over the Greeks. In Eastern Europe, Yiddish-speaking Jews used to greet each other during the week of Hanukkah with this greeting. Rabbi Scott, I have a question for you. Um, I'm wondering if there's anything in yes, your. <laughs> well, I'll take that. I like that. Do it one more time. <laughs> I have to have a gavel. I'm like, I can't yeah. wait. <laughs> Give me my gavel. Um, I want to know if there's anything in your family tradition um, that you do on Hanukkah that feels particular to you and the way something that you believe in. Yeah. Um, I make a found object Hanukkah every year. I actually like building my own Hanukkah every year. And um, part of that, I think, was days from which I was like a single guy in his 20s who forgot to get a Hanukkah every year. But the truth is, I actually have my family Hanukkah now, and I, I sort of stumbled upon this. And um, there's something about the realization that you yourself can create, that you're, that's in, it's in your hands to do it. Look, nobody reads the book of the Maccabees because it's kind of awful. Actually, it's, uh, they, they're, they're so gory that they didn't even make it into our <laughs> version of the Bible. Do you know that? None of the, Mac the books of the Maccabees are in, you'll never study them in a in yeshiva for that reason. But um, they were faced with a problem, which was that when they got to the temple, everything had been defaced pigs had been slaughtered on the altar. They're, the 
the the Hellenistic uh, Syrians, the Greeks of the time, had done everything they could to sort of show their contempt from the temple. And so all the stuff was ruined, right? All the oil was contaminated. There was blood of like non-kosher animals everywhere. Everything that they could um, to make people feel the deep insulted of, uh, of the, they, they did. And so these Maccabees, they sort of like put their heads together. Actually, the, the text says it put, they put their hearts together. And they tried to figure out what to do. It says, "Yuatsu lev yachad or yachdav." Their hearts took counsel with each other, and rather than cleaning it up, they decided to start over. And so they built a whole new altar, which is a whole thing because you have to build it out of stone that's never touched iron, that's a completely unhewn stone, and they cast from from scratch a new menorah. I love when you said that their hearts, they, they, they brought their hearts together, like Lev Biachad. That's, there's something so beautiful. I think that itself is such a gorgeous message um, for, for this season. But I'm also just wondering what was your favorite menorah that you created in all those single years that you um, did a found object menorah? Uh, well, um, actually, the one I'm working on this year, which might be the, which might be the best, is that uh, we're feeding, you know, our six month old just started to eat and we have all these glass jars. So I'm actually pouring candles into these glass jars. We have a baby food menorah this year. I love it. Are you leaving? The question is this, are you leaving on the stickers? Should I leave the stickers on? Like, that'd be oh, like yeah. your That's day one is like peaches. I right. So I guess what it means for me, and this is something that the Sfat Emmet says, is that, um, you know, the Maccabees didn't have the right instruments to make Hanukkah really, they had to like improvise. And sometimes we don't have the right instruments either. You, you got to do it on your, sometimes you feel like you don't have all the right pieces, but the miracle is that the light still lights. So my baby food menorah um, is still going to be a kosher Hanukkah. And, you know, I think, I think a lot of us who are last minute candle buyers, amazon.com, only the candles are coming back on December 19th. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, pour your baby food candles now. Um, this one's called Ocho Candelicas. It's a really famous uh, Ladino Hanukkah song. Enjoy. Candelicas, tres candelicas, cuatro candelicas, ocho candelicas, seis candelicas, siete candelicas, ocho candelas para mí. Muchas fiestas por pasear, con alegrías y placer. Muchas fiestas por pasear. Alegría y placer. Una candelica, dos candelicas, tres candelicas, cuatro candelicas, candelicas, seis candelicas, siete candelicas, ocho candelas para mí.
para mí Ocho candelas para mí Ocho candelas para mí All right, and that's a podcast, our our Hanukkah. You know, I think the one benefit of having a podcast um, co-run with a rabbi is that you have the power to bless us at the end of this podcast. So, what do you have for us this? It's a lot of pressure, about it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Maybe I should have become a doctor like my mother wanted. <laughs> Uh, actually, you shared this Torah with me. This is from this is from the Talmud, right? This is from the Talmud and Avodah that says that you know when the first human beings, when Adam and Chava had their first winter, they saw the day shortening and the, the nights lengthening, and they got very afraid because they thought that that what was going to happen is that darkness would stay forever, that the nighttime would stay forever, um, until the Holy One showed them that the way of things is that first it's dark and then comes the light. So, as we're in this place of the maximum night we're about to hit the winter solstice and also i think for a lot of us it goes deeper than that right let's take the blessing that there are cycles that there are ways that are natural and beautiful and wonderful around us and that uh, the days will lengthen in front of us again amen i mean happy hanukkah everyone happy hanukkah happy hanukkah, happy hanukkah. Happy. hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, can we sing the brachas together? Yes, I think that's a great idea. All right. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam Asher kiddishanu b'mitzvotav V'tzivadu lehadlikner Shehelchadukah Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, she'asah nisim l'avoteinu, b'yamim ha'heim, b'hazman hazeh. Baruch Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, miracle of all time I know there was a talking burning bush God parted the Red Sea but one night's worth of oil burned for eight nights straight how the heck do you explain that shiz how the heck do you explain that shiz how the heck do you explain that shiz dreidels of fire spun a dreidel with my love she took half 
she gave me none I bet she really cares about Hanukkah Yeah Dreidels of fire I'm not a rich man, but I've got some guilt I'm feeling handsome like Judah felt But Hanukkah hurt me when she gimbled me again Dreidels of fire, yeah festival of lights into a festival of pain if you need me I'll be spinning my dreidel in a corkscrew motion in a dark expanse dreidels of fire 